All right. I have us on the wrong speaker view. Good morning, <laughs> Judith. Good morning, Sonia. <laughs> I'm on my second cup of coffee. How about you? Uh, no, I am working on my first one. It's, it's obvious. Sorry for that little change, folks. Um, welcome to the Coaches Cup. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I am Judith Fender. I'm a coach with uh, the No BS Weight Loss System. All right. Program. So this morning we are, you know, we started talking about um, the podcasts that we could do that would be useful to our listeners around the holidays. And we came up with, with several and I, I think they're pretty good. Um, but today we wanted to talk about confronting relationships mm-hmm. because the holidays bring a special time for us. And, you know, in, with COVID going on, your holidays are probably different than they usually are, but um, you are going to probably encounter people or um, I don't know. It's, it's just a high stress time for many people. So it's a time to think about confronting your relationships and really examining them. Yes. Such a good play on words, isn't it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we thought about calling it challenging relationships, but you know, it, it may not be a challenging relationship all the time. It may just be at a high stress time that you really need to confront that relationship and think about what it means to you and its yeah. importance to you. Time to take a look. Let's look at the relationships. Yeah. So, eyes wide open. <laughs> I think sometimes we go into the holidays kind of with our sunglasses on, you know, shading our eyes, hoping we don't have to see everybody. Avoiding. (laughs) Yeah. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Turn that text. And I'm an only child. So, you know. Girl. I know. I have it easier than most people. I'm going to say yes. Um, anyway, we wanted to talk about first about the fact that relationships exist in our brains. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, you know, I, I think about this when you first, like, think about when you were a teenager and you had, you know, this huge crush on somebody and they asked you out and you started dating and they were so perfect and everything they did was cute and amusing. And, uh, you know, there was just no wrong that they could do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've all probably experienced that. Mm -hmm. But if that relationship went on for very long at all, some of those cute things turned out not to be so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might have gotten downright annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't that the person changed. You know, that person continued to do the same thing. But our thinking about that person changed. Yes. And, and, and that habit changed, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you ended the relationship, but it's important to realize that many times I I've seen this, I've seen this happen, um, in, in divorces. I think it happens a lot. Um, 
you see people start to work at tearing that relationship down. So they start trying to find reasons um, that seem to justify, you know, not being in a relationship with that person anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I had this happen. I had a student come to me um, a couple of weeks ago about one of my professors and, um, you know, for every answer, for every response that I gave uh, about that professor's behavior, he was like, well, wait, I've, uh, they also did this. And, you know, there was just this list that he had made of all the reasons that this professor had wronged him. And, you know, I, I didn't coach him in that situation, but I really wanted to. I wanted to show him that all of those things were in his brain. And I knew they were because this professor had taught hundreds of other students, you know, since, since they've been working at at my university and those people had never said those things. Mm -hmm. So it's a perception in this student's mind about that professor. And so we just want you to think about the fact that, you know, relationships do live in our minds. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's the first, first thing that we always need to keep in mind. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling very quiet. I'm thinking about this student. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, that, that was a challenging relationship for me. And I might, as, as we're talking through our different points, I might bring that up again. Uh, it wasn't an example I thought about until just now. Um, so we want to give you some steps to go through when you are confronting relationships um, and, and thinking about your relationships, no matter what they are, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's with a boss, a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, whatever. And the first step is to do your own work. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about it. Come on. Well, when we take responsibility, right? Like doing what it means to do the work is for you to show up or prior to showing up is to, you know, looking at yourself and questioning yourself. How do you want to show up in this relationship? Clean the path, take a look. What are you making it mean? Um, Are you looking at past resentments? Are you showing up out of obligation? I I guess specifically we're talking about the holidays. Like how do you want to show up? Yeah. And just when we talk about owning it, taking responsibility is putting it back on you and realizing because of your thinking and your feelings that you can control how you perceive people and how you want to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes work, right? If you're, if you really want a relationship to, to be a positive experience, you have the power Mm -hmm. to create that in your mind, but that doesn't mean that's where your habit brain's going to go. Right. The habit brain, Mm -hmm. the habit (laughs) brain may go, you know, we were, we were talking um, last week's episode when we were talking about gratitude, um, we were talking about sometimes going into 
a family gathering with dread because a relative always acts a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your own work, you are getting rid of that dread. Mm-hmm. You're not carrying it into the, um, into the event because if you carry dread or any other negative emotion, what result are you going to get? You're going to get a negative result every time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to throw that out and, you know, just figure out how, how do you want to show up? Like you said, I love taking that word responsibility. Mm. It's my responsibility, taking that apart. And that means I have the ability to respond however I decide. Yeah. Give yourself some power back. Oh, this victim or vulnerable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many times do we want to make ourselves a victim in a relationship Mm -hmm. um, that is at some negative point? Right. And that's what, if we're not taking responsibility, then we are showing up as a victim in some way. We are creating, um, you know, a drama story in our head Mm -hmm. that we are powerless, that we have no control and that um, we are not, we are not, we are not showing up good. I'm just going to just be just brief on this. Like it's so optional. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you give your power? away to someone who most of the time you would say they don't deserve it yeah they don't deserve to have the power in the relationship and yet you're handing it to them yeah so take that back show up decide how you're gonna show up and do the work to do that Mm -hmm. I like that all right point number two understand that we cannot control other people truth and their responses truth I don't even know like it's such a um it's there was a point where like I didn't understand this Mm -hmm. because in my brain you know I wanted people to show up a certain way or I had expectations hopes and spend a lot of a lot of my mental energy being um, in in the space of others, thinking that you know whether um, just past relationships. Yeah, um, don't want to get too specific on here. I'm like filtering myself. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we can't control the other people, and like it, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to to even think you can because you yeah. can't. I, I mean, I honestly, if, if I am taking care of me, that's, that's work enough. If I'm doing the work it takes to show up, that's work enough. I, I really don't want to add trying to control everybody else to that too. I'm Doesn't really, mean I don't do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the holidays this year. I've, I've got a really good headspace about me and yeah. I totally, like, it's a, such a good feeling. I feel like I just said this on our gratitude one as well, that when you've done the work and you know yourself and you know what you can and can't control, it's just such a good feeling. I have no, yeah, no expectations. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes it helps 
to be able to, when you're thinking about the fact that you can't control others, it helps too to think about, to try to be empathetic about why they may be reacting the way they are. And I was thinking about um, a, a boss that I used to have um, years ago, and he was really difficult. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of reasons not to not to like him, especially. Um, and and for me, he triggered a he made me think about um, I've told you before with my first grade teacher who, who kind of publicly shamed me. She would, you know, she on a couple of different occasions um, stood in front of the room and, and directly dressed me down. And, um, and that was a very humiliating, shameful experience. And there was something about his manner that would, that made me feel that same way. Mm-hmm. Um not that he publicly shamed me, but there was just something there that made that connection for me. And what I have tried to do since then um, is I I didn't know thought work at the time, but what I have tried to do this since then is think about what is it that put him in that space? Because really it, you know, his reaction speaks volumes about his own experience right what were the insecurities that he was feeling what what were the things that may have happened that made him feel like he needed to have such a tight control on things and be you know express himself the way he did and I think that um thinking about it from that perspective has allowed me Well, number one, I've looked at it from curiosity instead of from a negative headspace, but I've also tried to look at it in a compassionate way. Mm. There's something that probably some negative experience from his own childhood that created this person that he became. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think if we can do that, it helps us to neutralize the situation the the feeling and think about it from a different perspective mm-hmm. you were talking earlier about um your husband and mm-hmm. his smoking mm-hmm. yeah um so when we were dating like right off the bat like i i did I, my dad was a smoker growing up and I always, boy, I'm getting ready to tell a story, um, <laughs> you know, and that's back in the day, right? So he would smoke in the car and we were always traveling a lot to visit family that would lived like seven or eight hours away. And so there would be smoking and I would hate to these trips because I know my dad would be smoking and to ask to roll the window down for fresh air <laughs> was an ordeal. Like he would be offended mm-hmm. if, um, if I, if, if we asked for fresh air, I can't believe I'm saying this. So I had a very strong dislike for smoking. I love my dad. It was never a matter of that. Um, so when I met my husband, he was a smoker and I just, you know, I didn't put my foot down, but my husband chose to stop smoking and which was all fine and good. Um, and then after we got married, he took smoking back up. 
And so for many years, I was just, I, I seethed in the anger. It, it was just real low level. And like, anytime I would be upset, I would, my brain would immediately go to, and he's going to get cancer and I'm going to have to take care of him. And so I'd already decided in my brain that if he had lung cancer, <laughs> I was not going to take care of him. Like this was, a, this was quite a story that would just get blown up in my brain. Yeah. I honestly don't even know that it, I, I may have mentioned it to my husband. Like, do you want it like in a, in the sense of, do you want to burden me? with your lung cancer. Yeah. Cause those conversations are never <laughs> talk about playing the victim. We always yes. put on that victim mentality. Yes. Do you want to do that to me? Yeah. Do you want to burden me with your lung cancer? But I think at some point I'd, I had gotten really sick. I thought I had the flu and it just kept riding it out, riding it out, riding it out. And it was, um, I want to say it was it wasn't the flu. Oh, it was strep throat. I was so sick. Mm-hmm. He took such good care of me. And I thought to myself, I, I, I like had this realization. This is pretty thought work. This is where I was pretty good. Um, realizing that, you know, he may never get cancer. And then I'm carrying this story around in my head. I don't want him to get cancer. Like that was never even it. Yeah. I am like, I didn't want strep throat either, but he took care of me out of, you know, just pure goodness and love and showed up and, and, and complete presence. And I felt horrible about myself for even having those thoughts about him and, and was able to decide like, you know, this is not again, pre-thought where this is not serving me to carry this story and to be like looking for evidence to, to like be mad or to be upset and to spend the next 40 years of my life waiting on him to get cancer. Let's just worry about it. If, if, and when it happens, let's just move yeah. on. Yeah, Love the man anyway, and keep going. Yeah. And you know, that the energy that oh. we spend on carrying that around is so detrimental to, to the relationship yeah. and in to my brain. the person. Yes. Yeah. In that relationship I have with my husband in my brain, we just yeah. always back there. I, you know, I, I can't think of a specific example right now, but several times I've carried something around with me and, you know, I have, so in carrying it around, I haven't shared it with my husband, but I might chew him out for something, you know, that he did. And then he's so confused. (laughs) I've been living in it for a week, but he hasn't. And he's just confused by the whole thing. I'm the only one suffering. I mean, you know, until his confusion, bless his heart. So, you know, let's realize we can't control other people. We really don't want to. Mm -mm. We really don't. And so it's so exhausting. Like the bottom line is it's such a waste of energy. It's such a waste of space and it's not fair to the others. No. So give that up. Give, give, we're going to talk later about gifts you can give yourself. That's a big one, giving it up. Mm. And another thing I want to point out here is you can really learn a lot about yourself in those moments when you are, um, I guess, aggravated or angered by somebody else's action. Mm. Generally, (laughs) This is, this is not going to be popular, but generally 
when you have a strong kind of visceral reaction to somebody, something that they're doing, it's because there's some kind of truth in it about yourself. Mm. There's some level of work you need to do. And that can be a real power moment Mm. if you choose to examine it and think, okay, why is this, why is this setting me off? Why am I bothered by this? Mm. And go ahead. Oh, I'm thinking about my husband and the smoking. Like why, you know, aside from the childhood memories, it was, it was very fear-based because I didn't, I don't want to lose my dad. I don't want to lose my husband. Yeah. It wasn't so, it wasn't the selfishness of him smoking as much as the fear in me of losing either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so often, you know, that's, um, sometimes fear presents itself as fear. Mm-hmm. but many times it presents itself in, in a very different way. It comes out as anger because we don't know how to, mm-hmm. um, we aren't good. If we haven't been doing thought work for a long time, we're not good at recognizing, Oh, that's fear. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to come out in some other way. And, and many times fear does come out in, in anger. Yeah. yeah that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, we want to, to think about confronting relationships with open communication. Mm-hmm. And, and this, that doesn't mean telling somebody <laughs> exactly what you think and, and how they need to fix themselves. I hope that that's evident by, by this point. But in, in owning your own part in a relationship Mm -hmm. um loving the person enough and loving yourself enough to have open communication with them when it's necessary Mm -hmm. many times especially during the holidays I think we start to feel a sense of resentment oh yeah about the things that we have to do Mm -hmm. and so when you're talking about um, open conversations. That's, that's you being willing to look at the, at the questions or the expectations that you have you again, going back to your work and then being willing to make um, requests. Is that what requests of others? So yeah. if we can ask others for um, to, I can't even think to not smoke for the record. My husband never smokes in front of me. I have never seen the man smoke. So, but I'll just say, you know, I can request, but I can't make him. Yeah. I can't make him change, but I can speak my mind and make requests of him. And you can, and you can do the same in the relationships you have, like being an emotional adult Mm -hmm. that that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you see it, I think about it with, with uh, family gatherings, not necessarily, it doesn't come up in my own family, but you see it sometimes, well, we have to have this family gathering at my house, I always do it, everybody expects that, and yet the person is resenting that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't have to do that, you don't, I mean, you have, you have two options, you can tell them you can have an open communication and say you know I 
I don't want to have it at my house this year. Let's have it at somebody else's house. Many times it's not even a problem for everybody else. We've just made it a problem in our heads. Oh, but I could tell a story. <laughs> would you like to? <laughs> oh, that's where my brain went to like, can I tell this story? <laughs> I think I can. I mean, I mean, it's the truth. It, it's, it's, it's the truth. So my parents were divorced um, when I was, I think like probably 31 when it happened, I had two young children and um, you know, dynamics changed. It didn't mean I didn't love anyone more or less, but there was a lot of pressure on me on which parent I was going to spend the holidays with one parent oh, yeah. was closer than the other. And, um, you know, I wasn't doing thought work, but I was in counseling, but I made the decision with my husband. Like it was just so overwhelming to choose which family to go to mm-hmm. that, uh, we got a camper and <laughs> we started camping like taking our holidays away and just making it about um, our immediate family, us and our children. And, you know, there was some, what do I want to say? Some, there was some fallout from that decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I had open communication about what we were going to do and why it was not, I, I could not control how it was received. Right. There were expectations and it was kind of confirming in a way that I wasn't imagining it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's, did that, did this story make sense? Was it? No, I, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's a great example about many times, you know, we, we sit there and we, we do it anyway, yeah. or we, you know, Think about all of this drama that's going to happen in our heads instead of just confronting it. And yeah, just because you confront it, just because you own the situation, you aren't the victim. That doesn't mean there's that the other person is doing their thought work. Right. 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 But that's, you have to let that go and understand that that's what's going on in their brains. Right. And, you know, there were several other holidays where, and here I also have this thought that why do we put all this constraint on like getting together at the holidays Mm -hmm. when we could do it any other time of the year? Yeah. When my kids were off, I wanted to travel. Yeah. Like this was important. There were, um, and it was, and it ended up being, I have no regrets, no zero regrets about any decisions to not holiday Mm -hmm. with family. Yeah. I get to see him all the time. Yeah. My bad person. <laughs> you know how I'm going to answer that. No, no I know. I, and I'm just, I just, I, I'm just kind of blurting it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, my guess is most of us have a story around the holidays. You know, there's something. And the, so the one thing um, the, that I was saying is you can, you can have open communication like you all did. And I, you know, I think that's, that's a great option. You did what you needed to do for you and your family. The other option, because sometimes people say, no, I really don't have, it has to be at my house. Nobody else can do it. Hmm. Well, then guess what? You know, you have the option of cleaning out 
all of your all of your preconceived notions like we talked about at the very beginning and doing your own work on that do you really want to carry resentment into that if you do it does show up yep it shows up somewhere so why not give yourself the gift and your family the gift of doing some work on that and showing up in a positive way, in a grateful way, what, you know, you get to decide. Mm. I just, it's, it's so much to carry around, you know, the older I get, the less I want to carry all this negative baggage. Right. (laughs) Why would I choose to do that? Yeah. I'm sitting here self-coaching myself, thinking about, you know, this, these holidays and like, it's just, it's just like one day. And if I hadn't, yeah. the, the, the regret I would have had, if I had chosen to stay home, we went to Norway one year mm-hmm. for Christmas. And again, a similar um, response, but you know, it was the opportunity of a lifetime for our kids. Yeah. Like this is, um, I don't know again, zero regrets. Yeah. Well, that's what, so my husband and I have a, a a blended family. We have yours, mine and ours kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, because of that, because there are multiple people involved, we don't have Christmas with, with all of the kids on Christmas day. Sometimes it's on Christmas Eve, But really, we never know from year to year what day it's going to be. And I have seen people who get so caught up in, well, it has to be Christmas or Christmas Eve, or I'm not getting my time. Or, you know, if that was the way we walked into it, then what would our kids think about that? I guarantee you, we've talked about this. I guarantee you when they grow up and they all, because even now they'll sit back and talk about, you know, different events that we went on family vacations and things like that. If we were so focused on it having to be on a specific day, think about all the memories we, we might have missed because we were mad. Oh yeah. Or resentful resentful and that's what I that's actually what I was thinking had I not gone on the trip and just for one day yeah to to be present our kids are never going to look back and go well remember that year we had to we had to open presents on December 22nd right they're not gonna do that they don't remember from year to year I don't remember from year to year because it's about in this case it is about us being together And, you know, the older they get, the less we get to do that. Mm -hmm. And that makes it all the more special. A day, you know, it's just a day. It's about the having everybody there and enjoying that. Enjoying it. Yeah. 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 So um, the last thing I want to leave you with is that you do need to make room for the negative emotion, because when you confront a relationship, every relationship has some negative emotion attached to it. There are going to be times when things don't work out the way you want and you're disappointed. There's going to be times when somebody else reacts in a way that you really wish they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. but they get to because they're human too. 
Mm-hmm. So I think if you if you can let go of those expectations, again, it goes back to that, right? Letting go of the the expectations and carrying a kind of a blank slate into it. And then if there's negative emotions, just accepting that. Yeah. And moving forward. It's, um, you know, when you show up from love, when you make your decisions out of love for yourself and from that space and not because you are, um, I don't even want to use, I'm not even avoiding confrontation, mm-hmm. but because of what you want. I'm yeah. a big fan of getting what you want. Yeah. Not selfish, but from a place of wanting for yourself yeah. and your family. Yeah. Decisions um, that you can create the holiday, you can show up how you want and create the holiday that you want always yeah and so I guess that's what maybe we we leave as our call to action today I've already forgotten it I know we talked about it earlier (laughs) (laughs) you know thinking about what what do you want Mm -hmm. go ahead well it's it's thinking about the holidays coming up how do you want to show up Mm -hmm. not that with expectations or what you want to avoid, but how do you want to show up for your best self? And what decisions can you make ahead of time? What work do you have to do? Are you the victim or are you taking responsibility for your thoughts about others and what you're making it mean when you show up, show up with your best self, show up as your best self, show up as the observer and just love the people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. I think uh, that is such a beautiful gift to give yourself mm-hmm. and to give the people that you're in the room with. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Oh, well, I'm ready for some Turkey dinner now with all this. Holiday. I know. I know. <laughs> I bought my cranberries the other day. So just in case. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's meal it's what a popular, that's my, my daughter's favorite. Is beer. it? It was always mine growing up too. My favorite. I make them for me. Me too. Oh, I, I'm the only one. I'm the only one in my family. Um, my sister-in-law who, who passed away um, this last year, she, she would always, I made fresh cranberry sauce and she would always eat it, but we were the only two. That, that ate it so this year you know I'll make it and I'll think of her that's so funny <laughs> I remember my husband when I made it the first year because you know there were many years that I didn't make it and then uh-huh. it was my year to make it he's like he'd never had it that it wasn't in a can which is so funny to me because I like look at that can stuff and I'm like what what is that what that's like <laughs> jelly <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to that poor cranberry right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, that's, that's, that's a good, it's a good memory for me. I'm going to, I'm going um, to miss her uh, this Aww. year and I'm going to enjoy, you know, Cranberry. thinking, yeah. And thinking about uh, a lot of good memories. So, all right, folks. Well, we will see you next week when we're going to talk about gifts that you can give yourself. 
and uh and until then you can subscribe to us on itunes or youtube and if you're doing that would you please go and give us a review as well we would love to end the year with a few more reviews um so we'll see you later bye bye bye